Well, that scripture that Pastor quoted a few minutes ago, uh, perilous times will come, and they are here. I mean, it's just hard to believe. I mean, we knew it was coming. Uh, I have known it was coming for years and years and years, and, uh, but here it is. And uh, the, the, the thing I didn't know was what would it come in my lifetime. And, uh, and surely it did. And uh, it's increasing exponentially. Um, it's out of control. People are scared. And uh, we need to be of such faith that we can be of help to those people to show our, our, our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and and, 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 and in showing them that, they're going to wonder, you know, what, what is it with us that we're not afraid? And uh, so it's a, it's a great opportunity uh, to share Christ and, and, uh, in times like these. Now, I'd be lying to you if I said that it, it doesn't kind of shake you up, certainly as just about every other day. Uh, these mass murders and killings happen. And um, when you watch Megyn Kelly, if you watch Fox News and you watch Megyn Kelly, and, and each time one of these happens, she is really stressed over this. And all, a lot of the other um, news people are, you can tell. And, um, and you certainly can't blame them. But, um, and it does... Stress us out, of course. We're concerned about it. Um, and um, I, I just find myself saying uh, on occasion, Come, Lord Jesus. Don't you? Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. But you know, He will come at the appointed time. And only He knows when that perfect appointed time is. And uh, it may be still years out there. Certainly we're in the last days with what's happening, but it still could be a long time, and we just have to be patient, and we just have to have faith and trust in him. Uh, it's either that, or we'll pool our resources, and we'll hire SpaceX to prepare a spacecraft for us that will carry us and a dome up to the moon. And we'll set up the dome, and we'll, we'll, we'll just get out of here <laughs> and let it happen. But... Uh, Anyway, but we have to wait on him. And that's the title of the message this morning, Waiting on Jesus. So let's look to the Lord in prayer and we'll get started. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for um, your watch care over us, for you, the fact that you're in control. The world, world has no idea that anyone's in control. And that's why they're so nervous and afraid and, and, and just scared of everything that's going on. Lord, we just uh, praise you that we know and that we can look to you and trust to you and bring our prayers before you. And, and Father, whatever you have for us in this life, uh, we're ready. And uh, we need to be ready. We know you'll make us ready. And, uh, Father, we just uh, trust that as we look into these few scriptures this morning concerning waiting on you, that uh, uh, it, it will increase our faith and trust. And Lord, we just commit it all to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you would turn with me to, in your copy of the Word of God to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. We're going to look at a couple of different accounts this morning. 
and verse 22. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Waiting on Jesus. Verse 22 says, Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Sounds easy, sounds simple. So they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. That's okay. Everything's fine. But then a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? Now, I thought they did all right. I mean, if you were in that boat and, and uh, it looked like uh, peril was encroaching from, from all sides and it was hopeless, and there's Jesus, there's the Lord sleeping there, I'd probably be the first one in line to wake him up. Um, it seems reasonable, but, but he says in verse 25, where is your faith? In other words, whether I'm sleeping or whether I'm awake, I've got this in hand, I know all about it. Um, and, um, but how can you blame them? How can you blame them? But it is a lesson in faith for them and for us. It was for them and it is for us. Just as Peter, when he got out of the boat to walk to the Lord, and the waves begin to become quite boisterous, and, and he, he started looking down at the water instead of keeping his eyes on Jesus. And down he went. Jesus reached out his hand, picked him back up. So he says, where is your faith? Verse 25, and, and they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. They weren't even sure who he was. Isn't that amazing? They weren't even quite certain who he was. So they marveled, and they were still afraid but this time, that fear was not because of the storm, because Jesus had calmed it. They were afraid because of the magnitude of who he was and what he had just done. Look, they said, he, he commands even the winds and water, and they obey him. So they were waiting on Jesus, but they, they didn't obviously wait long enough. They didn't exercise the faith that they needed to, to, to have. It doesn't that happen all the time? You're at work, and you have a marvelous opportunity to, to uh, share, the, share your faith with someone in a, in a private moment, and you're taking them down Romans Road or whatever method you use, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and, and you're totally interrupted, and you didn't get finished, and you're all frustrated now because it's, it's over with, the moment is over with, and you didn't get it finished. We just have to trust in Jesus. He rang that phone. And uh, there, he's, in he's in control of everything. And, uh, but I, I had that happen. That's why I bring that up. And I was frustrated. And uh, we just seemed to, when we're in the moment, we just haven't learned from the past experience. We just seem to not learn from the past experience. At least I don't. Um, we... Uh, 
in the fall, we, have, we usually go up to New England, and, and uh, we wind up, one of the places we wind up in is Sturbridge, Massachusetts. They have that village there, that 1800s village, and, and a lot of other interesting things, and uh, we like it there. And there's this uh, place we have lunch that we just love. It's excellent food. It's a sandwich shop. And um, the fellow that runs it, every year we go there, and every year we have this burden for this fella, but we just struggle to get an opportunity, and there just hasn't been an opportunity. Well, after many, many years, and he's still there, he's the owner of the place, um, last year we went, and didn't he have this large sign just as, right at the entrance? And it was something that one of the popes wrote. So that gave us opportunity to um, actually, some of what he wrote was, was pretty good. And uh, that gave us opportunity when we walked in. I, we, we noticed your, your, your sign out here, your reading from the Pope. said, how long have you had that out there? And, you know, we, we asked him a, a lot of questions and everything. And that opened, that opened the door. Uh, that's that handle that we talk about. And anything we can grab a hold of to take opportunity to, to share the gospel. And um, so... Um, we began to talk to him about what the Pope had said there and relate it to Scripture because there were no Scripture on it at all, no Scripture reference. And um, so uh, we thought the conversation, we didn't know, really know how it was going, but we went on in and sat down, and, and the, the, the gal came and took our order. And a little while later, he came in, and he never comes in. He's back in the other room preparing the food. But he came in, and said, you know, for some reason I'm drawn to you two. I, I don't know what it is, I'm just drawn to you two. And we shared the gospel with them. Right then and there, the food was sitting there and the soup was getting cold, that's fine. <laughs> uh, the, the Lord eats cold soup, so we can eat cold soup, I guess. But um, uh, it's just amazing if we just wait on him. And, I mean, it's been years going up there and uh, with no opportunity. Um, well, let, let's continue... Uh, and if you'll move ahead to verse 40, we'll, we'll look at another account here. Lord willing, we're going to see this fellow again this year. So if you think of it, you can be praying for us for that. In verse 40 of Luke chapter 8, it says, So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had, only, had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him, now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. I don't know why she felt she had to kind of sneak up behind him and just touch his garment. Uh, that's a lot of faith really to, to, to think that because I, I don't remember any other incident where he healed someone in that manner. And, um, but uh, anyway, uh, it demonstrated quite a, quite, a, quite a bit of faith on her part. And um, immediately, verse 44, her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? 
Now, she had only touched the hem of his garden, garment. She had not touched his, his ankle or his heel or anything like that, any part of his body. Verse 46, But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. And he did that quite frequently. So let's look at this in a little more in depth. Uh, Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue at that time, fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. This was his only daughter, 12 years of age, and she was dying. And as we fi find out later uh, in a moment here, as we just read, uh, that she did die. But then all of a sudden, the, the multitudes, uh, so eager to get to him, uh, thronged him. They just thronged around him. And this woman with a flow of blood of 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and, and was ne never healed, came from behind and touched his, the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Now, Jairus has pleaded with him to come heal his daughter, and all of a sudden, this crowd throngs around him, and this woman comes and touches his garment, and now there's a, this big interruption in him going to heal Jairus' daughter. Now, we're not told, uh, uh, there, there's no reaction here from Jairus, but he, he just seemed to just kind of hang loose here and waited. Then in verse 45, he asks, who touched me? And when all, everybody said, no, it wasn't me, and no, it wasn't me. And Peter said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you're saying, who touched me? I mean, you know, he's being jostled and... She touches the hem of his, of his garment, and Peter says, and you're, you're asking who touched you with all these people around? So um, Jesus said, verse 46, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now, we don't want to think in terms that he b became weak because of this. That he did not become weak. He was, his power was infinite and endless. But he sensed Apparently, every time he healed someone, he sensed that that power had been used. But it's, uh, it, it, there was no weakness involved here at all. He just sensed it. So he said, I perceive power going out for me. 
And now the, then the, the woman saw that she was not hidden, and she came trembling and falling down before him and declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. So just like everyone else that he, that he healed, uh, they, they couldn't, they, they had to tell people. They had to tell them. The woman at the well immediately went right into the city and told everybody. Uh, and uh, the blind man in, in John chapter 9 told everybody. And um, so he said to her, the woman here, verse 48, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So she, he acknowledges that uh, the faith that she had exercised in coming to him and believing that, uh, that this would happen. Then, verse 49, while he was still speak, speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. After this, after this miracle of healing this woman with the issue of blood, and, um, and then her testimony about it, the crowd is not, has not moved one inch in their faith and understanding of who he was and what he could do. So, your daughter is dead, do not trouble the teacher. You know, it's over with, it's too late. It's too late. But Jairus is waiting on Jesus, nonetheless. So, in verse 50, but when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. So when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Verse 52, Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. They ridiculed him. So verse 54 says, But he put them all outside. Now your Bible version may not say that. But I think it's warranted. I'm going to show you in, in, in just a minute why. Why he did put them all, in, all outside. So he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened as was usually the case, what he would do. Charge them to tell no one what had happened. Now, um, I mentioned to you in verse 54 this saying, but he put them all outside. Those are the ones that ridiculed him, that doubted. See, Jesus was not in the habit of performing miracles or doing much of anything amongst people who did not have faith, who did not have faith in him. Um, he would often refrain from doing those miracles in the presence of those who did not believe. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 
And beginning with verse 54. Now he was in his own, he was in his hometown. And it says here, when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? So they had witnessed it. Amazing that they witnessed his mighty works. So many people, as we just saw with the situation with Jairus here, they witnessed his mighty works and, just, and, it, and they doubted. And um, so he came to his own country. He taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Verse 55, Is this not the carpenter's son? You see, he's in his hometown here. And they, they were used to seeing him around. He grew up there. And they lived there. And he played with the other kids, I'm sure. And uh, he was just another one of the kids. And, and that was just another one of the families in the area. So in verse 55, they begin to question this. Is this not the carpenter's son? And they just live down the street, right? Is not his mother called Mary? You know, she's his mother and she takes care of the household. And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. So his brothers were always probably playing around the yard and everything. And, and Jesus was just one of them. Verse 56, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him. Familiar theme, isn't it? But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Where there was unbelief, he, he, did, he did not demonstrate his mighty works to them. So in Jairus' house, those people that ridiculed them, he put them out. They were not, had, had they believed and had faith, they would have seen the miracle. But uh, he put them out of the house. You know, it just tell, it, it tells us and reminds us of the fact that we need to be people of faith. We need to be people that believe. A, a little fear is fine. God knows that. He understands that. He expects that. But... Um, uh, we need to be people of faith and believing in what he's going to do. And in these perilous times, that faith is, is we're called upon to, to exercise that faith more than ever before. Uh, we, we just have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, the day after. I mean, this hap all this, uh, awful, these awful things happen so frequently. And um, we never know when we'll be called upon during this, during this time. And we need to be people of faith. Is Jesus coming soon? Well, uh, for thousands of years, Christians have felt that he was coming soon. Um, but certainly with the evidence of, of the, these perilous times, it's very close. And uh, as believers, we need to be on the, on the watch for opportunities uh, to represent him uh, as his children. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for um, the reminders that these, these, two in, these two accounts give us, Lord, concerning having trust and faith in you and believing who you are. Lord, we just uh, uh, thank you that you've called us to be your children. And, Father, we just pray that uh, our testimony would continue to be strong and, and Father, that uh, we would 
have opportunities, ever-increasing opportunities, to represent you in this lost and dying world. We just commit it all to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.